podcast rebellion we're back at it again here second last video legal game council seven benjamin woodhouse nicholas carr austin gray are all here gentlemen welcome what's up didn't have a great week last week zach looking to bounce back yeah it was not great um i think that was my yeah, I mean, uh, that's back-to-back, one for five in the last two weeks for me. Um, pretty much going to swear off the Big 12, never again. And, um, yeah, uh, B. Brown is absolutely dead to me. Um, I have lowered the casket, and I ran the hearse off the side of a mountain. Never again, Louisville. Um, but that's But that's okay. Uh, because as a unit, which is more important, Nick, you selfish asshole, um, <laughs> Ben and Austin picked up the slack for us last week when a combined four and two. We're still in the black as a team. And uh, look, I, I kind of like this slate. I was taking a look at it earlier today, running through some lines, looking at some totals, looking at some win probabilities. I, I think that this is going to be a good week for us. I'm ready to bounce back. How about y'all? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Assuming there are any games to bet by the time we get to Saturday. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. <laughs> All right, Nick. Here we go. The the keys are leaving my hand and are barreling towards your face. Please catch them to avoid right. injury and let's let's fire it up. All right. Uh, not a ton of SEC games, uh, and one of them uh, involves uh, Kentucky. So, like I said, not, not, not a ton going on here. It's just five games now on the slate. Uh, so, I'm going to start off with this one just because I don't I, – This there's a wrong team – not a wrong team favorite here, but I feel like there's something I'm missing with this line. It's, it's Auburn travels to South Carolina, and it's Auburn minus three. And this is just Vegas – begging me not not to play this game i, I mean because I, what am i missing uh, auburn should be favored by more than three points right uh, over under 51 and a half should they though i mean i don't not, know what i've seen out of south carolina to think they're going to keep it within a field goal well i, I mean <laughs> yeah yeah they beat up on vandy last week a hapless vandy team that probably shouldn't have played anyway because they're just scraping by scholarship player wise last week they're not playing this week because of that um now i, I i'm not sure if south carolina can win but i, I kind of like the home dog scenario here um auburn hasn't shown a ton of life offensively they barely scraped by on a technicality last week against arkansas and i, I mean i would i don't think i'm speaking out of turn here and that bo Nix is having a bit of a sophomore slump through three weeks um Kevin Steele and that defense have shown a ton of holes. And one thing is that jumps out to me is that, look, South Carolina is not – they're not 3-0. They're not, you know, just losing, you know, last second field goal or anything. But they've been incredibly consistent. And I think that they're going to give Auburn fits. I'm not sure if I'm there yet to say that they'll win or cover here because the line is so small. Um but I think that this one's going to be the old textbook closer than the experts think. I would venture to say that Gus and them are going to barely get out of there alive. I, I think, well, Muschamp's defense, like it's, 
It, the look, it, it, this has been his issue since he's been in Columbia. He cannot get an offense. Like they, they were pretty good with Debo Samuel, with Brian Edwards, with Rico Dowdle. Uh, Hayden Hurst was there. They they had some weapons, but they're just they're never they never get over that like proverbial hump offensively to be consistent week in week out and win games for him. Um, I think that this is going to be like a game where Parker White keeps him in it with his leg. Um, I'm having a tough time with this one, but I think I'm taking Auburn. I I think it's going to be close. Uh, You know, something like a, I don't know, like a 28-23 type game. Like I I still don't think Auburn's going to impress at all, but the number being so small, I'm going to take Auburn. But I do think South Carolina plays their tails off and uh, challenges them. I will say, the Gamecocks, the best in the country in getting teams off the field on third down. Sure wish we could say that about the Rebs, but we can't. Um, I'm going to go Auburn, but I, like I said, very, very, very close. Yeah, I, the, the problem with what you said is is that in college football, three points is like it, it's so close. You almost have, just have to pick the underdog. Like in the NFL, three points is a ton. I mean, how many games do you watch finish, you know, 28, 27 or, you know, 35, 32? Like just a, a ton of games finish within three points because there's just weird scores in the NFL because they kick a lot more field goals. But in but in the college game, in a three-point game is, is basically you picking the underdog, which is why I say – Three seems a little close. More like five or six would kind of be, need to be the number for me to pick South Carolina. Maybe that's disrespectful to Shaw Smith, but I just I think Auburn wins the game. And but for them, them kind of you know having a, a poor fourth quarter, I guess last week Auburn was beating Arkansas pretty well. And I mean, maybe you know you can't take away the fourth quarter, and you know in every game you have a different outcome. But I, I do think Auburn is is you know, almost a touchdown better. And so that, for that reason, I have to, like, I have to take all them. Well, you, you also t- have to take into account that, but for a missed call in that game, Arkansas oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. likely wins. So not only did Arkansas, I mean, yes, Auburn controlled the game for three quarters, but really should have lost. Um, that said, or, or it's, let's just call it a 50, 50 toss up win loss. Uh, South Carolina is really good at controlling the clock. They uh, they average over 34 minutes time of possession. Um, Auburn does lead the series 10 to 1. Uh, that said, South Carolina at home here, I'm going to go with the Gamecocks. As a matter of fact, I think South Carolina wins this one outright. I think I think things are weird at Auburn. Bo Nix is you want to lock it up? Is, is having a I'm not going to lock it, but Bo Nix is having a sophomore slump kind of season. Auburn is weird. You know, I, I don't trust anybody and this includes Ole Miss. I don't trust anybody that can, that can lose to Arkansas, no matter how, how much better they're playing than they did a year ago. Uh, I, I just, you know, Arkansas going to Auburn and, and should win the game when, when, I thought coming into the season, Auburn would be a great team. That's just, that's, that's tough for me to look past. I, I think South Carolina played well at Florida. Um, and like I said, Zach said it best, they get off the field on third down. I, I'm really interested if South Carolina can hold on to the ball, take the air out of the ball. They average over 34 minutes a game in time of possession. 
I, I just think that they can keep the game close, and I'll, I'll go with the home team, South Carolina, to win this one outright. I'm with Ben. I'm with Ben. The the problems we highlighted with Auburn in week one didn't rear their, their head in week one. Auburn cruised. I looked foolish after I had talked about Auburn replacing essentially their entire offensive line, replacing some key players on defense, um, doubting Chad Morris, doubting Bo Nix. Um, when Auburn beats Kentucky by two touchdowns, we sort of forgot about all those problems, but they're still apparent. And last week, as has already been mentioned, they probably deserve to lose that game. And the week prior against Georgia, they got pretty dinged up. They're still not healthy. Seth Williams is still banged up. They lost their best defensive player for the season, KJ Brett, uh, last week as well. I just these teams sort of are mirror images of each other for me. They're not dynamic on offense. Their defense is is not bad, but they're not good. Just very average teams. Muschamp needs this one badly. I know that doesn't guarantee anything, but I think South Carolina gets up for it. And um, after last week, you know they they've got some reason to believe. I know it was, <clears throat> it was Vandy. Um, but you know they're they're not a terrible roster. That we're not talking Vanderbilt roster, or even Arkansas's roster. I mean, surely South Carolina has more talent than Arkansas, right? Um, so I think South Carolina hangs around the whole game and finds a way to win it late. All right. Uh, well, I mean, stick in the. I mean, you guys make some good belly points. I feel like maybe I was a little too harsh on South Carolina to start. But all right, apologize, uh, say, Nick. Say, I mean, stay, it's in the stay away from me. I'm not going to play it in real life. Apologize. Like, I'm not. Good. No, I, absolutely not. Like I said, that's a game that Vegas is telling me to stay far, far away from. A game I don't think I'm going to stay away from. I think I'm probably going to have to have to bet the uh, maybe the under in this one. Uh, Tennessee is six-point favorites at home against Kentucky. The over-under, like I said, six-point spread. The over-under is 45-and-a-half. I think that I am going to – I'm going to lean Wildcats here. I think that they are not only going to be very insistent on running the football, they're just going to be downright stubborn. I don't really know how much Terry Wilson can do through the air for Mark Stoops and company. But I still just don't think Tennessee's that good. I think that's – it's fool's gold to, to think, oh, well, look at how well they played in the first half against Georgia. Well, Georgia woke up, and it wasn't even close in the second half. I think that Jarrett Guarantano continues to be mediocre. I do think that um, their defense is still playing at a very high level. Now, regardless of what you want to say about the first half against Georgia and who's playing quarterback for Georgia and how many salt life stickers he has on his Raptor, I think that they still play at an extremely high level defensively. Henry Toto is an All-American candidate at linebacker. Their secondary plays well. They're very physical. They're long. I think this is – Nick alluded to it. In the intro here, the under is the play here. I think both teams are just – I mean, this is going to be a rock fight. It's just going to be two teams running the ball. Tennessee's going to run with, with Ty Chandler and Eric Gray, and uh, it's going to be Cavassier Smoke and Terry Wilson on the other side. So the under is the play here. I like Kentucky to cover just because it's going to be an ugly game and Tennessee's just not that good. So – I'll echo almost everything 
as Zach said, you know, I still I'm I'm a little higher on Tennessee than he is, but um I agree. I, I think Tennessee wins, Kentucky covers. I'll be shorter this time. Kentucky's really good at running the ball. They lead the SEC in rushing, you know, over two hundred yards a game. They had what, four hundred against Ole Miss. Uh they they what they intercept KJ Costello six times. Uh so they're not terrible on defense either. Um Mm-hmm. You know, I don't state, think state had very, more interceptions than points. It, here, here's the thing. Tennessee has to. Uh, I, I still think they beat Kentucky. I'm going to take Kentucky. And, and my last point is, I Tennessee playing Georgia last week does not help them because Georgia, you know, could have that same impact on the team now that Alabama used to in that, you know, yeah. you would play them twice, especially this Georgia defense, mm-hmm. as we all know, just punished Auburn. So uh, I'll go Tennessee to win. I'm going to go Kentucky to cover. I almost want to lock it in. Uh, I'm not going to at six, but um, I'll go Kentucky to cover. Yeah, I, I agree, Ben. So I looked into this a little bit. Jared Guarantano and Terry Wilson Jr. are basically the Spider-Man meme with Spider-Man pointing at the other Spider-Man. So this year, completion percentage, Terry Wilson, 61%. Guarantano, 62%. You know how many yards Terry Wilson has thrown for this season? Do you guess? Off, off the hip, guess. Uh, how many games have played? Three? Yeah. 500. It's well under 600, yeah. 344. 463 yards uh, passing yeah. this this season for so Terry Wilson. Averaging right at 154 yards a game. Yeah, so basically one Matt Corral game, right? <laughs> um, and look, Tennessee's not far ahead. They've thrown for 664 yards this season. So this is the definition of rock fight. Uh, I think Nick is right here with with the under. Um, I think Ben is dead on with the body blows theory. Georgia is a lot like those old Alabama defenses where you just you feel that for a couple weeks after playing them. And by the way, guys, Tennessee has Alabama on deck. So Kentucky in a perfect sandwich spot here between two rivalry games for Tennessee and two games with which we expect to be meat grinders for uh, for the Vols. I think Pruitt just wants to get in and get out, right? So this has 21-17, 20-17 written all over it. Kentucky misses a field goal to, to, to lose it. But I think the Cats cover, and I think it stays under. Yeah, this is a, you're exactly right. Let down, look ahead. I didn't realize they had Alabama next week. Um, so, hey, maybe Alabama's going to be looking ahead to, to Tennessee next week. They won't have their focus on Georgia. Um I, Tennessee's so up and down on offense. I, I would I would love to lock in the under, uh, especially after seeing what Kentucky's done. You know, or they did I guess last week against MSU. They had what two uh, two hundred and and fifty four yards total offense. Um, part of Kentucky that Kentucky hasn't were, been good since halftime against Ole Miss on offense. Yeah. Exactly, like Kentucky wasn't exactly. good in the second half. Good, good. Sorry. No, well, and I mean, I think part of that was the, the shorter fields, but part of that was just the fact that they were ahead and they just decided, hey, we'll you know we'll kick the punt the ball and play defense. I, there's just not a ton on offense for Kentucky, and I, I worry that I worry that it could get away from them if 
if they were to get down early. Uh, and that's my only concern about the under. Uh, I might circle back to it if I don't have if I don't have a third a third lock. This might be it. The the under forty five and a half here. I just think that it's it's going to be a, a slow. You know, it, both teams kind of want to get in and out. I mean, you know, I'm sure that who knows Kentucky probably has COVID concerns or something that they would they just want to get out of the, get out of that game. You know, unscathed. This is not a game that you're going to want to watch. Um, Terry Wilson's just been bad. just downright bad, yeah, <laughs> through the air. I mean, it, he he has, and it's it's kind of sad when you look at what what he did against Ole Miss to think you know he did all that. We knew he couldn't pass, but uh, all right. So I'm not going to lock it in. Um, another game of, of interest this week, probably probably the best game outside of Alabama, Georgia this week. Um, if you're not counting the Ole Miss game, is, is Texas A&M goes on the road to MSU. Uh, the over under here. Is fifty four and a half or fifty five, depending where you are, and the line is A and M minus six and a half. Uh, Zach, you want me to go first? Nah, lay the points. That's it. <laughs> is that it? Yep, that's all I need. <laughs> so. The, uh, I'll be quick here too. I just state scored two points against Kentucky. <laughs> the full Mike Leach experience would be for them to come back and beat an A and M team who just beat Florida, right? And then every Mississippi State fan can tell yep. every Ole Miss fan that we beat A and M, who beat the team Florida, who y'all claimed was so good, right? That's that's kind of how this is gonna play out, right? Or or the path to to New York is not from Palo Alto to to Starkville to New York for the Heisman and KJ Costello really it does continue struggling and as Zach said AM covers I, until Mike Leach uses Kylan Hill you're going to have to lay, fade Mississippi State for the rest of the season because State does not have the roster to do what Mike Leach wants to do yet and Kylan Hill is not a running back built for the air raid. And so it's it is square peg round hole kind of time there. Uh, similar to when you know it's the opposite but when well now I guess I could call it the same as when Chad Morris got to Arkansas having, you know, seven tight ends and two wide receivers. So give me A&M you know, I know that they're going to be coming down from from a high, having beat Florida at home. I'm not really huge on Jimbo. I think Kellamon did play very pretty well last week against Florida, and and but I cannot get past the fact that Mississippi State is coming off a loss at home to Arkansas, their first SEC win in 20 games. I don't know what the number is. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, 20, and then. Scoring two points in Kentucky. Imagine that those back-to-back weeks, guys. We'd already be checked out. We'd be like, man, Lane Kiffin was that hire was a disaster. So I know that Mississippi State fans are acting that way. I haven't checked on it, but I know they are. I mean, losing a home to Arkansas and scoring two points on the road at Kentucky, throwing six interceptions, just does not do good for team chemistry and a new coach. But 
in true like Mike Leach fashion, they're going to come back and win in Star Wars. Yeah. I'm going to take A and M and lay the points, but that's what's going to happen. That's that's my, you know, Alcorn County guarantee of the week. So, go ahead, Nick. Well, I was okay. So, does anyone have any idea now? I know Colin Hill was hurt uh, through part of the game, I, I believe, in, in week two. Uh, against Arkansas, so he didn't get a ton of carries then. Does anybody, anyone have any idea who the leading rusher for MSU is this year? No idea. KJ Costello? No, and actually, well, it, it quarterbacks are, I don't know that he's ran the ball much at all. It's a guy by the name of uh, Jaquavius Marks, who ah. is not someone that I've ever heard of. He's got 15 carries for 64 yards. Uh, on the contrary, not someone I've never heard of. <laughs> Kylan Hill is leading the team in receptions. So they've thrown they've thrown the ball to him 28 times, got 23 catches uh, for 237. So not you know all that efficient, I guess. Um, uh, looking at this this MSU offense, the offense is not great. 41, 41st in in Bill C's SP plus. I don't get quite where his numbers are coming up with the defense. He's got all MSU's defense at 67, which is not all that materially better than Ole Miss's. And, I mean, I've watched them play. I mean, their defense is not exceptional, but, I mean, they didn't give up much at all against Kentucky. They didn't really give up a ton against Arkansas, if I'm being honest. I don't think that Felipe Franks had, but about 230 yards in the air. Most of those, I think seven of the points were on a pick six. Uh, I don't I don't get there's kind of a disconnect between the numbers that the Bill C spitting out and the reality of, of what I've seen. But if I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm thinking that this Texas A&M offense is going to do just enough to get out of there. Man, a big game last week. Who knows, you know, if they've got any COVID issues after playing Florida last week, because uh, we know what, you know, what, what Florida's battling. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a game Texas A&M will do just enough. You know, that that under 54 and a half, I, I, I think it's going to cash. I mean, I really think this is going to be one of those like 28, 20 type, you know, 24, 17, uh, a, a barely cover, but a definite under. Yeah, so I considered locking in that under, Nick. Uh, we were skeptical about Leach's system in the SEC, I think, to begin the year. And then they come out of the gate and, again, sort of leave us looking foolish against LSU. But since then, obviously, teams have adapted and adjusted and done what Washington did for five years or whatever in the Apple Cup games against Leach. Um, and I expect A&M to do the same. And the, the second component of, of, of scheming against Leach is, as Bunky mentioned on the pod earlier this week with you guys, is having the athletes to tackle in space. Well, I think A&M has those athletes as well. And then you have the third part of the Leach experience here that um, we haven't really touched on yet. And that's when Leach, when things start going south on Mike Leach, especially early in his tenure, he has a tendency to sort of lash out, start to blame players and alienate folks. And this week we got the purge comments, right? And so now there's pretty significant smoke out of Startwell that Colin Hill may not play this week and may in fact be off the team. I'm not reporting that i have no idea if it's true but i think it's safe to say that there's some turmoil within that locker room if he rides with the true freshman over costello and kylan hill doesn't play this is a romp i mean this is not even a a, a, a state may not score again so 
I think with all of those things aligning, as Ben said, again, we'll, we'll look stupid next week when State wins outright, but I don't see State moving the ball up and down the field against A&M like Florida was able to do. Um, I don't think A&M, you know, A&M's probably going to be a little hungover after their Florida win, but I think Jimbo has certainly has the horses to stop State offensively and to put up, what, 27, 28 points. That probably gets it done, and I think even covers. So... I may double back to the under here, but I think A&M wins comfortably, probably by double digits. And again, if those players are out, Costello, Hill, if there are other injuries, it may get really ugly. Yeah. Is there anybody who regrets making the decision to come back to college more than Colin Hill? I, I'm, but I can't. Like, I don't give him much you know, leeway here. I mean, he knew what Leach's offense was going to be. He knew he wasn't going to get the ball, at least you know, from a carrying standpoint. I just yeah. I don't know what he was doing doing that. Yeah, the, the second craziest stat of last weekend, aside from Ole Miss only stopping or preventing 41 yards or whatever to Alabama, was the fact that Colin Hill got seven carries against Kentucky while State threw six interceptions. So Colin Hill carried the ball one more time than State threw a, a, a pick. That, that's just <laughs> insane. All right, the game of the week, uh, CBS's night game. Um, is the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, without Nick Saban, mind you, uh, or I, I, I suppose I don't know if he'll be, you know, zooming in. I think there was some uh, some rumors going around that he was zooming in today at practice. They're going to be hosting Georgia over under fifty six and a half, and the line is either four or four and a half towards Alabama. I think. Hmm. I feel like Mac Jones is going to do enough. I don't think Stetson Bennett can keep pace. I. What the line six? I'm seeing four and four and a half. Oh God. Okay. Never mind. Okay. Bama. If it's four four and a half, it's Bama. I think. The defense for, for the Bulldogs are going to keep them in it, without a doubt. Um, number one overall defense, SP+. Um, we talked about it already this week with number one offense versus number one defense. The defense has won, um, I think, 12 out of the last 21. I think that's right. Uh, and they're 5-1. and 13, one. Out, 13 out of the last 21. Okay, 13 out of the last 21. Um I don't know. Mac Jones is really good. Um, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris. It's a good offense, and I just don't. Regardless of where the numbers get, I, I don't. I, mean, I would go under here. I, I don't see this being a Georgia, you know, wearing the black uniforms, just getting routed, but. <laughs> I think I think Mac Jones does enough, and look, it Bama might need to kind of embrace the chaos like Ole Miss and just get into some shootouts when they can. Because if they play at that that pace that they did last week with Ole Miss, like Georgia can't keep up with that. They don't have the offense, so I take Bama here. I think too the, part of the problem with with saying you know the defense is thirteen and eight over the last twenty one games of number one offense versus number one defense. It, it, there needs to be less discrepancy between 
the other defense and the other offense. And I think that if you're looking at, obviously we know that Alabama's offense is good. Obviously we know Georgia's defense is good. Okay, flip, flip the, you know, flip the script. What about Alabama's defense? What about Georgia's offense? The weak link on the field, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Is Georgia's Georgia's offense? I mean, I mean, Bill C's got him at 42nd, and I mean, I, I think that that's it's extremely fair. I don't think that Stetson Bennett, the fourth, uh, is going to be able to keep this within four. I just think that 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 stat was was good and right three or four or five years ago, but I think. At this point, the offense has kind of left the defense in the dust. We saw it last year with what LSU did to Georgia in the SEC title game. That was a one-versus-one battle. And you saw how much better a really good offense is versus a really good defense. It's not – this is not, you know, 20 years ago where defense wins championships, offense wins championships today. And we saw it – you know, we've seen it with Clemson. We've seen it with Alabama the last couple years. We saw it with LSU this year. I I think we're going to see it again on Saturday. I I mean – I would wait and see if you could get this line even closer now that the, the, the saving news is out. And it looks like it's moved all the way from six to four just on that news. Um, and if you could get it at, at, under a field goal, do it. But I'm going to go ahead and lock in Alabama minus four. I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a seven to ten point win. Huh. This is interesting. Nick is locking in. You locked in Alabama minus four. Yeah, was that? Did you have that lock? No, no. I, I'm actually going to take Georgia to cover here. Um, listen, I'm going to only go off of what I saw Saturday, strictly having been at the game. That Alabama team, and this is unfair of me to say, if the 2014 or 2015 Ole Miss defense was out there, Ole Miss would have beat Alabama by like 10 or 14 points. But because Ole Miss is so, is struggling so, so much on defense, they couldn't stop Alabama. Now, look, I, I get Jalen Waddle is so fast and Devontae Smith is so fast, but Alabama doesn't have the appearance to me of, and I get it, their offense is the number one in the country by all you know, by Bill C and everybody, they still don't have, they don't feel like those, that 2009 to 2012 era where they were just pounding people and making them like it. And this is after I saw them put 63 on Ole Miss. I get that. But to me, their offense didn't look that much better than Florida's. And the problem is, is Alabama's defense let Ole Miss pretty much do what they wanted, regardless of what Ty McShay said about Lane Kiffin calling a perfect game or Ole Miss not being there. I I don't really disagree. But Ole Miss moved the ball too easily on Alabama, even with Ole Miss's exceptionally good offense. Georgia will be able to do that a little bit. They're going to be able to move the ball a little bit on Alabama's defense just because it's not – it's not played well. Now, It they will play hard Saturday because the worst thing that could have happened to Alabama is Nick Saban not get to yell at them for the remainder of the week about how poorly they played against Ole Miss. But for me, I think Georgia's defense is going to be good enough that they will slow. They're going to get stops against Alabama, and it might be enough for Georgia to win. So I'm going to take Georgia to cover here. I don't know that they're going to outright win. I think this game is really close, though. Like I, Just from what I saw in Alabama, and maybe I'm an idiot, but just from what I saw in, again, in Alabama against Ole Miss, I see a, team, a vulnerable football team, especially on defense. 
guys, Ole Miss lined up, and then I'll let y'all go. Ole Miss lined up and and ran the ball. What felt like five? I, I have not looked at the numbers. What felt like five yards a carry against Alabama. They ran the. They had two rushers. Alabama in the since Nick Saban got there in 2007, four guys have run for over 100 yards against Alabama. Th- their names like Zeke Elliott. Yet Ole Miss had two players run for over 100 yards against Alabama. Two running backs on Saturday in one game. That's 50 percent of what Alabama has allowed in the last 13 years. Like they're just not as good on defense. I, I give me give me Georgia to cover. Ben, why do you hate Ole Miss? Um, I, I feel <laughs> like you're sleeping on our offense. You're sleeping on the Revs. I, I, you're right. We we had Bama on skates. Yeah, Matt, Matt Corral's not walking through that door for Georgia. That's exactly right. That's but I think Nick's point is spot on about you know when you compare the number one defense versus the number one offense, it's really the opposite sides of the ball for each respective team that you should look to. And I think the disparity between Georgia's offense and Bama's defense is is in Bama's favor. And I, I think if you're going by the Ole Miss game, it's time to just acknowledge it. Let's just let's just this is facts right Matt Corral is the best quarterback in the SEC outside of Mac Jones right so you Matt know Corral is the best quarterback in the SEC including Mac Jones yeah, yeah I think okay. he finished the series after finished the series after SEC yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's the best one of those. I agree. Right. No, I, so, I'm not disagreeing that Ole Miss offense is incredible. I'm not. I'm not. So as Nick said, you know, Matt's not walking through that door wearing the red and black. If Look, so preseason, I looked it up. The preseason game of the year line for this game was Bama minus seven. Now, granted, that was a full – that was with a, assuming at, at that time that there would have been a full crowd and, you know, things obviously changed with COVID. But – I just ask myself what has changed in the interim to give us a four now. Now, one thing is obviously Nick Cave, Nick Saban getting COVID and not being on the sideline, and that may be worth some points, I suppose. And no crowd will be – or a small crowd is worth maybe another half point point or two points. But I also think that game with the year line was – based upon the assumption that Jamie Newman would be their quarterback. Wasn't that the, the transfer from Wake? And then perhaps on the assumption that JT, yeah, Daniels, JT Daniels would be their yeah. quarterback. Not that a former walk-on or practice squad kid would be their quarterback. And he's played admirably. He's done well. But he has sort of been just a little bit like Jake Fromm was for Georgia, which was – Uh, You know, kind of a game manager. Don't screw it up. Don't turn the ball over. Let the running game and defense win it. And if you can win that way, more power to you. I just don't think they can win that way against Bama. Um, Look, Kiffin called the game of his life Saturday. It it was awesome. It was perfectly executed game plan. And um, he did a really good job. But look, Sarkeesian deserves a ton of credit, too. He's called some great games all year. Now, I know Bama's level of competition, you know, has not been necessarily the same as Georgia's, perhaps. But um, Sarkeesian's good. I think they're going to put up points on this defense. I think Georgia's defense is the best in the country. But I trust Alabama to get into at least the high 20s, if not low 30s here. I don't know if Stetson Bennett could keep up on the road under the bright lights against a defense that is going to want to prove a point. There's no doubt that Saban has spent all week telling them how much they sucked against Ole Miss. Um, Now, 
Ben's right. If you look, if, if the talent is down this year for Bama, and it's just a talent issue, you can't fix that week to week. You just can't. But I think their showing last week was largely a product of how good our offense is, and not how bad or how much of a drop off there has been in talent at Bama. I think Bama wins. I don't think it's a blowout. But if you're if you're saying four, I think they win by a touchdown. Ooh. Yeah. I could not agree more. All right. Look, it's going to be a gr- it's going to be a great game. It, it really is. is. Like I'm I'm excited about that game. This it's, is the game where Stetson Bennett looks like a 5'11 dude from Jones County Community College. Yeah, I'm afraid yeah, that's exactly no, no right. disrespect to Jones. Easy great, on the Ellisville. Great look, junior great junior college program. Shout out. He's going to not look at He's not going to have played like I'm telling y'all, Georgia's defense is good. They, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, they are. Mac Jones is better. No. Oh, if you didn't know it, you'd think Ben was from. I mean, you'd think Ben was from Buckhead right now. The way he's talking. No, no. no. I actually, actually. Ben, turn down, turn down the Corey Smith. We can't hear you. <laughs> go, go dogs! Go dogs! License plate on the front. Ole Miss yeah. commuter sticker on the back. <laughs> hey, okay. We, Where, yeah, I'll by, never forget. I was at Ole Miss and I was in Trig, uh, and and oh, there's a guy in there walked in with that. a yeah with a Georgia football. I think it was like a I can't even think of who would Matt Stafford jersey on. I was like, Sick. cool, cool, cool. Why are you wearing a Matt? He's like UGA fan, bro. It's like, oh, oh my gosh. god, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, hey, by by rule, if we bring up Jones County, we have to give a shout out to Barney. Yeah, shout out Barney. Shout out to the goat. Look, I I hope that y'all are right. I, I do about the and, and you and you likely are. I mean, I, I'm clearly outnumbered here. It'll make me feel, I guess, a little bit better about you know the state of our program, at least our defense. If Alabama is yeah. able to move the ball like that on them, I just Georgia. I just think they're good. I do, even if Stetson Bennett has a future as a CPA. <laughs> All right. Nick, I think the last SEC game is is yours truly, the Rebs. Yeah, that's right. Do we want to take our break? We want to te- yeah. tease the Ole Miss game across the break. Yeah, we'll tease it on the other side. We'll talk Ole Miss Arkansas. We'll give our picks there. But real quick break, hear from the sponsors, and then we'll be back to talk Ole Miss Arkansas and then give our locks. So hang tight. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments Part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Iris in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. 
and be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now, and you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out their rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch High Rye Bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high-rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend. And then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. All right, we're back here on Podcast Rebellion Legal Gambling Council Week 7. Nicholas, we've got Ole Miss, Arkansas. Set it up for us. All right. Uh, you can if you shop around on this line, you can get anywhere from two uh, at DraftKings oh. all the way to three at BetMGM. So uh, Ole Miss minus two or uh, all the way up to three. And it is the over-under. I'm just seeing 76. I think it's settled. It opened at 74. I saw it as high as 77.5, which is 11 full touchdowns. And it's, it's dropped back down to 76. Hmm. All right, uh, I'll try to keep this quick. I'm taking Ole Miss on the road 
winning in Fayetteville, I think Matt Corral and the offense is just going to be too much for Felipe Franks and company to keep pace. Arkansas is battling a ton of injuries. I don't know if Rakeem Boyd's 100%. I think you really need to be able to mix in the run with the pass a little bit. I know that Ole Miss can't really stop anything, but um, I think that you need some kind of running game to keep them honest. I, Rakeem Boyd not being 100% gives me a ton of pause there. And I just don't think Franks can can do it. I think Matt Corral is playing at an extremely high level. I mean, I, mean, I, I say this without hesitation, Heisman Trophy – conversation type level he's not going to be in the conversation because Ole Miss won't win enough but he is up there with Trevor Lawrence he's up there with Mac Jones he's up there with Kyle Trask and uh the Mormon Manziel and 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 with the rest of the the folks that get mentioned at the quarterback position Elijah Moore has done whatever he's wanted the first three weeks um I tell you it doesn't get a lot of talk because of how well Corral has played and Kenny Yaboa is really blown up and you've got John Domingo doing things I mean, Snoop Connor and Jerry Neely are running about as good as anybody right now, and I think that that two-headed monster in the backfield gives Ole Miss a ton of flexibility. Um, Jeff Levy has just been an absolute wizard with his play calling. I think they're going to have Barry Odom head spinning. I, I don't know. I, I hesitate to say that it's a comfortable win because everything always gets weird with Arkansas, but especially if you can get this at two – with DraftKings, like, oh, my God, lock it up. I mean, this is a great opportunity for Ole Miss to really – I think last week was when they kind of introduced themselves to the nation with the 4.9 million viewers tuning in. But this is the week where you you solidify and say, look, like, that was no fluke. Like, we're not back completely yet because Lord knows the defense is not anywhere near close to having a pulse. But this is where Lane Kiffin and them make a statement and say, look, like, we're going to win our clunkers. We're going to win – the games we're supposed to win, and I think that the offense is just too much for Arkansas's offense to keep up. I I like Kendall Browse a lot. He's he's done a fantastic job with what they have there, but just too much offense, too much Lane Kiffin, too much Jeff Levy. I, I think Matt Corral has another fantastic day, and uh, the Rebs roll here. You want me to go? I'll go. Um, yeah, lock me in. Ole Miss covers. Um, I'll lock yeah, me in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think Ole Miss wins. But I think Ole Miss wins going away. I think it's 10 plus. Arkansas is due for, um, a let down. They've, they, they played well at Mississippi State, a high emotional win. Um, you know, then they had an emotional game against Auburn. I, to me, I, I just think that even even with Ole Miss and the body blow theory that we talked about earlier with Georgia and everything, Ole Miss having just played Alabama, it doesn't matter. Ole Miss isn't taking any body blows on defense because it's not putting up a fight. Um, but it doesn't matter because the offense is so good. And I, Arkansas is not going to have anything remotely close to what Ole Miss has played yet on defense. Kentucky's defense is surprisingly good. Uh, Florida's defense, while not as good as they would like, is going to be a lot better, a tremendous leaps and bounds better than Arkansas as well. as I think Felipe Franks is probably the only player on Arkansas's team that had a Florida offer. Uh, we talk about recruiting separate kind of players. And then, obviously, Alabama, we know that's kind of like the standard of, of college football. Um, 
I, I think Ole Miss, it, I'll keep it short. Ole Miss is going to win going away. I think it's like a two-touchdown game, um, a no-stress win. Oof. Um, I don't know if you guys have checked. I mean, I've sent it to you like eight times, so I'm sure that you have. <laughs> but it's supposed to be windy in Fayetteville on Saturday. They've got the wind gusts up in the high 30s. Now, I don't think that that's going to be a big deal because uh, we, we had Bonky on the other day, and he talked about the, the stadium's kind of down in a bowl a little bit. So I don't think we're going to have sw- bad swirling winds. I do think it could affect the game a little bit. I mean, I think it could be windy. Um, not particularly cold and, and rainy. I know the last two times we've been to Fayetteville, it's been cold and rainy. And, and both times we came out and looked like we were ready to get right back on the bus. Uh, one of those was a 30 to nothing loss with, 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 uh, where Bo Wallace got hurt there. And, uh, it was just, you know, it was brutal. I don't think we're going to see that. I do think that we're going to still struggle on offense. And this is a, a really, 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 really bad Arkansas offense. I mean, I, I don't think that they've put up more than 400 yards in the game yet. Um, I don't know that they put up more than 300 yards passing in a game yet, which is, I mean, you know, in this day and age, if you're, if you're not passing for 275 or 300 in a game, you're, you're pretty below average at this point. Um, I mean, they've played some decent defenses. MSU's defense, not bad. Auburn's defense, obviously pretty good, but I mean, Ole Miss is kind of the cure for the common offense. I mean, everything that, you know, we, we face a, Kentucky offense, it wasn't great, and we gave up 400 yards on the ground. Uh, I, I, I think we're going to win. Locking it in is probably a pretty good pick. I don't know that it'll be going away. Uh, I think we're probably going to win this one. I do think we're going to get a couple more stops. I could see something like a 45-38, 45-41 type of game. I I definitely don't think that Felipe Franks is the guy to keep up, you know, um, pass for pass, shot for shot with, with Matt Corral. But I think that our defense is is bad enough to, you know, drag him along, kicking and screaming to a close game. Yeah, I, I, I can't really add much in the way of analysis. I'll just say the two things that scare me as an Ole Miss fan, not just as a gambler, but as an Ole Miss fan, would be COVID, which we heard about today from Lane Kiffin in his press conference that there may we may be. I don't think we're at outbreak levels or anything close to that, but we, it's it's starting to impact us, and it hasn't really yet to date. So that's something to watch as we move closer to to kick off. And then, as Nick said, weather. But I'll say this for the weather piece, and and I think the the way the stadium is situated, it, we probably won't be impacted that dramatically. Our downfield passing game won't. But even if it is, ask yourself this: Do do you trust Lane Kiffin to get? the ball to our running backs and tight ends and our slot guy in the short passing game? I think the answer is absolutely yes. So mm-hmm. Yaboa may not get loose 40 yards down the field. You know, we may not be able to to, to attack them downfield um, as efficiently and effectively as we would be in, uh, you know, on a clear um, day with no wind. But I absolutely trust uh, Levy and, and Kiffin to exploit them in the flats to put their linebackers and and compromised positions to exploit mismatches, um, so I don't. Corral may not go for 450, but I, I still think he's going to put three bills on them. Uh, and it, it, here's the one thing that we know. I mean, I, I think it's time for Ole Miss fans to to awaken to this fact, and maybe the rest of the conference as well. We can hang our hat on Matt Corral killing it 
at almost every game. I mean, I think it's safe to say that unless he runs up against a Georgia-level defense, and there aren't many of those, there are none left on the schedule, and Arkansas certainly doesn't have one of those defenses. Nobody is stopping Matt Corral in this offense. So do you want to bet on um, Arkansas keeping pace? And I think the answer is just no. Again, little concerning that there's some familiarity between Bryles, Bryles and Kiffin in that offense just because they were on the same staff at FAU and Levy and Bryles obviously are close and probably have have shared some philosophies and plays over the years. But um, it still takes talent to execute it, and Arkansas is not there yet. Now, Barry Odom has schemed well on the defensive side of the ball for Arkansas and honestly kept them in games they probably shouldn't have been in. But when you take a closer look at some of these Arkansas games so far – Really, I think the Georgia result, you can throw that first half out. Georgia was trying to figure out who their quarterback was going to be and didn't realize you know, they were as bad as they were at that position. When they figured things out in the second half, it became a blowout. Um, the Mississippi State-Arkansas game, State turned the ball over four times, and Colin Hill got hurt. Um, and State still had a shot to win there at the end, actually. I mean, they got the ball back with 30 seconds left. They just couldn't move the ball downfield. And then against Auburn, again, Arkansas may have deserved that win, but they didn't actually get the win. So moral victories don't really count. You still got to pull it off. Um, I just think Ole Miss's offense is too much. And I think we're going to see a better effort out of the defense this week, not not just by virtue of the fact that, that our competition is obviously not Alabama. But I think those guys are going to show some pride. Now, again, that doesn't that's not going to change our talent level. We're not going to get markedly better overnight. But I think we show a little bit of fight, and we should get Jock Jones back at linebacker. We didn't have him against Bama. I think the Rebs win by double digits. Um, but keep an eye on COVID. Austin, to your point, and Nick, to the point that you made about the wind gusts, last week, how how many yards did Matt Corral pass for against Alabama? Does anybody know? 370? A lot. Is it 370, 380? He completed Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right. my point is Matt Crowell is making a living on throwing eight yard passes to Yaboa and letting intermediate, him run. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the intermediate passing game and throwing it into the flats to the running backs. Lane Kiffin or Jeff Let whoever it is, has an uncanny ability to put their quarterback in a position that he only has to throw the ball about seven yards or nine yards or 11 yards. And really the guy's catching it more or less at the line of scrimmage. And then you've got Jerry and Ely one-on-one with a linebacker. And, and really you have, you can't ask for more than that ever. I mean, that's great. That's a great football play. So yeah. um, that being said, I think that if it does get windy, then um, I, I think Ole Miss will be fine. I do. All right. What uh? It's gonna suck so what, bad when we lose. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting uh, four nothing for Ole Miss. Everyone yeah. to say you know, kind of wind going away. But all right, Austin or Zach, either one of y'all have a lock for us. Ben and I both have. Ben's put in Ole Miss minus two. I've gone with the Tide minus four. Yeah, look, I, I've got one. I, this is uh, – I feel like I'm going to regret it even as I'm saying the words because there appears to be maybe a COVID situation here. But 
let's roll with it anyway. I'm going to take uh, the the Houston Cougars against BYU at plus five, Nick. Uh, yeah, I think uh, let me let me double check that, but I, I did see it at that at one point. That's going to be a heck of a game. One five, of the better games. Five on DraftKings. Yep. One of the better games this weekend. Yeah, so look, I, I think BYU is probably a pretty good football team, but in normal season, I think they're probably just like a top 25-ish football team. I don't think they're like a top 15 or 10 football team. They beat up on a lot of cupcakes. Um, a Navy team that hadn't practiced basically all summer, and then a lot of just directional schools. And last week, we're in a dogfight with UTSA for much of that game. Houston is like UTSA on steroids. Houston did all they could to give the game to Tulane last week and still ended up covering comfortably after like four turnovers. I think Houston has athletes all over the field. Holgerson has had, you know, a year to get the kids uh, purged out of the program that he didn't want and to uh, to get everybody on the same page schematically. I, I, I like Houston's quarterback. BYU may win, but five is a lot. Uh, for BYU to go on the road in their first real competition of the year with a team that can actually score with them if if the game gets into a track meet. So give me the Cougars of uh, Houston. Zach? All right. Uh, I'm going to start things off in the redemption week. Uh, This is the week seven revenge tour for me. I can't believe I'm doing this and everyone is if they're not on mute is going to laugh but I'm going to go <laughs> Liberty minus three and a half against Syracuse <laughs> good lord um, that's a good pick I mean Syracuse is down a couple key guys out for the year uh, DeVito's done Liberty look they don't play anyone worth a shit, but they put up points and they cover. So you can lock this one in like some good solid vinegar strokes at a strip mall in uh, a, a, lo- a location unknown strip mall by a dumpster. <laughs> I mean, but you know, just, was, this is going to happen. Freeze is going to win by two and then hit your DM so hard. <laughs> I hope so. You know, here's the thing. We we make fun of his, his personal life, and, and rightfully so. The dude yeah, can coach, guy. man. Like, he just can. Like, he's a good player motivator. Now, he will lose. Liberty will go lose to, like, you know, College of Charleston. But he'll also beat, you know, Tennessee in the same season. Um, I guess I got to get do my second. Uh, we didn't, I, unless I'm missing this. We didn't talk about this game in the SEC, uh, LSU Florida. It's um, postponed. Oh, it is. It's canceled. Well, there you go. I had had that marked down. Lock okay. It in. I, yeah, <laughs> really, really. Can't Takes lose points. if they don't play. Um. So. I can, I've I can, got one I can go back to back here if you want, Ben. Go ahead. Either one of you or both of you can go. It's fine. All right. Let me let me grab this one real quick, Zach. Just, to, and just in case you were going to grab it, I'm just going to go ahead and take it from you. Uh, I don't think you were going to. I'm going to lock in. I don't know what this line's doing. This this Texas San Antonio team started off the season giving up a crap ton of points. God to Texas damn it, I legitimately fixing to pick that game. God. Go ahead, Nick. 
And and ended last week uh, playing a pretty good game against BYU. I think BYU might have been kind of they may have been reading their own press clippings, getting into the rat poison a little bit, and and, and seeing about how good they were. They won twenty seven to twenty. I don't know what to think of this UTSA team. I mean, Bill C's got their defense down in the one fifteens, and and we've discussed it a thousand times. When you cannot stop the option, there is no stopping the option. I mean, if you can't stop them, Army doesn't score. 21 or 28 or, or even 35 points. They score like 50 on their own. And this is a seven and a half point spread, which I hate that it's over, you know, that key number because Army's not exactly a team that, that kicks a lot of field goals. They end up having a very even, nice, pretty, you know, seven or 14 or whatever uh, number. But minus seven and a half, I'm going to go ahead and lock in Army. I just, I don't, I don't know what I'm missing here. Army's a better team. Uh, they, they like playing in San Antonio. There's a big army base there. They'll, you know, get to go see the guys. So army <laughs> minus seven and a half. You fucking asshole. Yeah, I like it. All right. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I can pivot here. Uh, I'm going to go, um, let's see. It's not in the queen city, but I'm going to the queen city for, this winner here, I'm going Cincinnati minus three against Tulsa. I think Tulsa is going to come down to earth a little bit after uh, I, I would call it an upset against UCF uh, at the bounce house. Uh, I think the Golden Hurricane are going to show that they're mortal, and uh, I think the Bearcats get them here. The Bearcats, look, eighth in the country right now. Luke Fickle's got them going. Um, defensively, I think that they're going to be able to to slow down whatever Tel- Tulsa does, and uh, I I trust the Bearcats here to um to get it done, and to top it all off, Bill C's got the win probability at sixty nine. So nice. All right, who's up, me? All right, now is it my go? Okay, um, trying to I was trying to find one that that we hadn't picked. Has has anybody taken the state A and M lock in? Have locked that in? Fucking bitch. No, no. <laughs> I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna make this exactly an extra, spi- extra spicy week. No, I'll leave the total for him. Give me A and M. I'll lay six six with him. Six and a half. Yeah, that's fine. I'll lay six and a half with A and M. Um, I'm gonna pick Ole Miss to cover and state not to, just so everybody can can DM me like crazy. Um. <laughs> Uh, look, for the reasons we stated before, Mississippi State, they they lost at home to Arkansas, and I and Austin was correct in Arkansas turning the ball over, or State turning the ball over a bunch of you know, this and that. They still got beat at home to Arkansas and also scored two points on the road to Kentucky. But for them beating LSU, they I'm sure coming into the season, Mississippi State fans expected to lose to LSU and then beat Arkansas and beat Kentucky, and the exact reverse has happened. And but for them beating LSU, I mean they'd be they'd be 0-3 right now. And and AM is coming off a win against Florida. You know, they didn't look terrible early against Alabama. I I, I don't think that they're great by any stretch of the imagination and they you know they beat Vandy in a close game I I just think that they are these are two teams going in different directions right now state is on the verge of completely spiraling out of control and A&M is on the verge of kind of taking this thing you know to making a step in the right direction so um I'll I'll lay the points with A&M 
I like it. Uh, give me the Golden Knights of Central Florida against Memphis. Uh, is it three or three and a half, Nick? I got it at three and a half, but he might be able to help you out. He's probably on mute. Oh, and, and I'm on mute. There we go. Um, I'm seeing three and a There's half a as well. There's a three, There's a three. Circa Sports. All right, we'll take it at three then. Yeah, let, let's lay that three. I, I just think UCF bounces back after the Tulsa loss. Uh, they need a good showing here. This is not the same Memphis team as last year. They're good. I think they're still a really good team. But I think we're finally starting to see them missing some critical pieces, particularly at running back. Um, I just think Central Florida's got a better roster top to bottom. The coaching staff and continuity there. I know they lost Levy, but Heupel's still on staff. I think their quarterback is better. Um, I think their defense is a touch better. I, I don't. I'm not really intimidated by the crowd at the Liberty Bowl, so uh, let me lay the three with UCF. All right. My last one, I'm going to go back to the well here. They treated me right in week four. I'm going to hit up the base god, Bill Clark, (laughs) to cover 13.5 against the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. UAB has they just kind of have this weird ability to kind of surprise you and bill clark we obviously know defensive-minded coach they're going to be very fundamentally sound on that side of the football um but i just think the blazers this is kind of one of those games where they kind of get out over their skis in a good way to where they kind of play out of their out of their minds a little bit and I, I like them at home against the Hilltoppers. I don't think West Kentucky is very good. And on top of that, UAB had an extra week to prepare. Their game against Rice was postponed last week. So they have them in Magic City. And I just, I don't know. I, I just like what Bill Clark has built there. Um, we talked about him a lot a couple years ago. Is a hot name to know in the in the you know the coaching search world, and I think what he's been able to do there, um, Bryson Lucero has been really good uh, coming in for I believe it's Tyler Johnston uh, who was injured, and uh, he kind of took over for him. But they run the football well with with Spencer Brown and um, receiving. I mean Myron Mitchell's a big play guy. J.R. Watkins both have a couple touchdowns. Garrett. Prince has four touchdown catches um, on just seven catches, so not bad. Um, so they, they kind of they, they play really, really hard defensively. But offensively, if you, if you let them get going, it's kind of like a snowball effect um, that we saw in week four um, when they uh, – I'm trying to remember who they played. Uh, it was a Thursday night game, but nevertheless – Blazers here minus 13 and a half is not that much. And I just don't think Western Kentucky can put up a fight. So blazer up, lock it in. Um, so I'm going to take the U, uh, minus 13. Uh-oh. I think I can get them at 13 Miami. Uh, did somebody take Pitt earlier or something? Pitt happens. Um, no, look, no, I'm just Pittsburgh is coming off a, 
of two straight losses, one of which was an overtime loss to Boston College last week. Miami is coming off a huge loss to Clemson, 42-17. to 17. But Miami's – they're good. I mean, I, I picked Clemson to cover last week, and they did. Um, Miami's offense is good. Derek King is good. Uh, Pitt's quarterback is actually leading the nation in uh, um, passing yards. You know, that's because he's played two extra games in Matt Corral and – Mac Jones and all them. It'll be different by the end of the season. Um, the game, the the line opened at ten and a half. They're playing in Miami. I just got a feeling this is a get right game for Miami. You know, Pitt coming off of two straight losses, one in overtime. I just I think that Miami comes back, gets right, wins this game. Really going away. I mean, obviously if they're going to cover the thirteen point spread, um, Miami impressed me against Louisville. I know Louisville's defense has struggled. And as Zach said, B's dead to him. But I I like the Canes. Um, I like their offense. Kind of struggling on defense, and uh, but I, I don't think it matters. I think that we got a different caliber athlete here, at, you know, or, or Miami does than, than Pitt. So give me the Canes. All right, Austin, you give your last pick. I, f- I feel like I kind of jumped, uh, jumped the gun a little bit on Army earlier, maybe jumped the queue. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna punish myself and go last. Okay. All right. I'm. Uh, man, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel now with games having been eliminated. Um, no, I got a surefire winner over here. Okay, you go. You go then. So, go, Nick. All right. I thought I, about picking oh, Jacksonville State over UNA, but I didn't want to do that. <laughs> go Lions. Oh, oh boy. More Lions. Yeah. Uh, okay. The this this two lane SMU game is juicy it's 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 smu minus six and a half i'm not going to touch that what i am going to touch is the over 64 and a half Tulane has been at downright putrid on defense uh all all season long i mean they, they gave up 27 points in the second half to navy uh they you know they, um, excuse me yeah 27 points in the second half to navy they got whipped last week against houston they didn't play particularly all that well against south alabama to open the season uh, gave it 24 points and, and got the win, but that was a South Alabama team with, without a ton of offensive firepower. Uh, you add that in with with SMU and what they've been doing on offense. They scored 30 last week against Memphis. They put up 65 against North Texas. And, and Shane Bouchelle has been very good. Uh, I think this one is is a game that, you know, uh, two very, very different offensive philosophies, but I think that it's going to be played at, at a pretty quick pace, at least on SMU's point which will give Tulane the football back and to give them the ability to score. I think this was going to be played in the, in the high 30s for each team. Could be one of the teams breaking into the 40s, which is going to be helping that over 64 and a half uh, is an easy, easy win. All right. I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, give me State A&M under 54 and a half. That's still on the board, right? It is. Yep. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm banking on State not being able to move the ball uh, consistently against A&M and Jimbo being content to get out of there with a 28-14 win and uh, calling it a day. Woo! Hell and yeah. That was 54 and a half, you said, is that right? At, we're, we're podcasting late at night for the old men. Yeah, is it 54 oh. and a half, Nick? I love it. Yeah, it yeah 54 and a half. Yeah. I love it. That's a good pick. 28-27 covers. Or actually busted. 
It does not cover. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I meant busted. Sorry. It's okay. Actually, I've got it at fifty-five for you if you're going on the under. So yeah, let's do it. So it does. It it, it pushes at that point. I, guys, I cannot tell you how excited I am for both A and M minus six and a half and Army minus seven and a half to fucking hit, and I didn't get them. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking awesome. Um, uh, you got a Cincinnati. I love that pick. I, you know, but shit, I felt good about North Texas and goddamn Pitt last week, and they shit the bed. Well, Pitt happens. We do know that. Pitt happens, and just guys being dudes. When those two get together, who boy, it's just a shit sandwich. Um, yeah, I really, really thought long and hard about Notre Dame, but uh, I don't know. Ian Book and them just don't, they're just not very explosive, and 17's a lot. Um, but hey, and we can't, and we can't get on the right side of a Louisville bet on this podcast. <laughs> so it's impossible. just stay the hell away from Louisville. I'm trying to look here. Oh, we got one in week two. They covered 11 and a half. I don't remember who they played. Um, but I missed one. Ben missed one. I don't think Nick missed one with them. I think they played no. like Western Kentucky. I think that was a non-conference game. So, I mean, yeah, we got yeah. it. But, I mean, did we? <laughs> so, all right. Point remains. Still in the black. We are just at 56.3% clip right now. Um, look, we had week two, week three were really kind to us. And then week five and week six were tough. We had back-to-back five and seven showings as a unit. But, like I said, still making you some money. Um, we gave you 12 locks. You got to be able to find at least three or four there to get you a nice little parlay, make you some coin. Uh, gentlemen, do we have anything else left to say forever? Hold your peace for week seven. I just hope we can all play all these games. That, oh, that's my goal. God. And everyone has fun. Please talk more about crosswinds. <laughs> <laughs> Could be swirling. Hey, everybody, get on Twitter, and if you're familiar with Fayetteville, uh, DM Nicholas and tell him where to go get some grub while he's there. Take Nick, out. you going? Yeah, I'm going to be one of the uh, about 500 Ole Miss fans that are going to be, um, I guess, you know, happy enough to be in the stadium. Leave it to Nick to find tickets, you know. Just unbelievable. You can FaceTime FaceTime Bunky and just put him neck put your phone down next to you and just let him sit there with you. Uh, if I can hold the phone, like I said, winds are gonna be swirling. <laughs> can't hold your phone and and gale force wind, yeah. Thirty degree 30 gusts. Those are gusts, Nick. Fable, They're gusts. They're North it's not just Scotland, gonna be steady thirty miles an hour. The squall. Hey, we had like I said, we had predicted winds last weekend and didn't get anything. I, mean, I don't know. You know, if you could tell, if you could see it through the screen, but like there were seriously like two mile an hour winds after we were projected to have, you know, hurricane or you know tropical storm force. Yeah, the weather was great point. last week. It was unbelievable. I mean, so we'll we'll take that again this week, honestly. Absolutely. Um, all right, that's gonna do it for podcast rebellion, the legal gambling council, week seven. You know, some might say it's not that fun of a of a slate. I kind of disagree here. I think it's gonna be a fun week. Um, to uh, to catch some games, the Rebs 
2.30. Now on SEC Network, no longer on ESPN2. Uh, I, I kind of lean to say who cares. Um, I Ben, I'm with you here. I think the Rebs are going to do it. I think the Rebs comfortably make a statement on the road. Yeah, it's time for Arkansas to come back down to reality a little bit. They played well all year. You can't continue doing that after, you know, three or four years of just being just awful trash. And um, I, I think Ole Miss is too good on offense. I like to also think that a lot of the, quote, bad things that happen in this series and also just, like, super lucky things that happen, I just think with a more competent, intelligent, well-prepared coaching staff that Ole Miss has now, that's not going to happen. So, um, But, like I said, that's going to do it for Week 7. For Austin, for Ben, for Nick, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank you all for listening. We out.